If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Highway to Health. I'm Jeremy Quinby. How are you doing, people? It's been a strange week. And I, I get the sense that it's probably going to become stranger. Um, I'm missing all of your faces. Hopefully, hearing my voice is is going to be of some comfort to you. I know hearing your voices is. I did a, a happy hour last night with about a dozen of my friends on Zoom. It was a much-needed break uh, from the norm and the new norm. And... Uh, had some good laughs. It was a very healing experience. And to see everyone's faces, I really can't recommend it enough. And we're, we're lucky to have this technology uh, during this time. Uh, very fortunate that it is not 1920. And, and thanks to those of you who have been sending me messages. Uh, I think the show that I did yesterday, uh, just talking about taking responsibility right now and really trying to see if this social distancing and self-quarantining part of the process will help us. And I, and I think it can only help us. And taking a chance right now just does not seem wise. So uh, I, I, I wanted to put that one out there just in case you were struggling yourself or in case you had some, some family members you felt like weren't really listening and heeding the warnings. It's a good one to, for you to, to share with other people because I think it's going to be uh, I, I give a very simple example of how things can go from bad to worse, and not to, not necessarily just as a as a way of scaring people, but actually showing what the numbers look like, you know, and some very simple math. So, um, please get that out there to anyone who you feel like may be struggling with this right now. If this is your first time listening to the show. I want to welcome you. Highway to Health is a place for you to explore and create your own blueprint for health. Having worked in integrative health for more than 20 years, I'm acutely aware of how all aspects of our world come to have an effect on our health, and it is my hope that through the content and conversations you get here, you'll be more empowered and engaged, not just toward your own personal well-being, but also in the communities that you live in. This would also be a, a great time if you've been considering being a contributor to this podcast to consider donating, because um, I, I really want to put some effort into this right now and make sure that you stay resourced. You can donate for as little as $1 a month, and you can cancel at any time. So I understand if you know all of a sudden you feel like you want to support and you can do it, and then your budget changes, uh, you can cancel it in any month, okay? It's, it's very easy, too. You just go to patreon.com forward slash highway to health, or you can look on your app right now. Uh, there's a support link right on your show notes. Um, so just scroll down, and you can find that. Again, and anything will help right now. I really want to keep putting out these these podcasts and make sure that I'm, I'm keeping you connected to what's going on. If you trust the resource and the the people who I've had here as guests on the show, I'm going to keep pushing forward and doing more of that. And if you're looking for more daily inspiration, uh, keep an eye on our Instagram and Facebook pages uh, for Highwood Health Podcast. 
Um, and if you're a health professional or involved in any health-related project, connect with me personally, Jeremy Quinby at LinkedIn. So my guest for today, uh, Dr. E, is, is going to be coming in talking to us from Europe. He's in Spain. And I thought it was it was really nice to talk to somebody in Europe and get a sense of how things have been shifting and moving. They're a little ahead of us in some respects, uh, but I don't I, I don't take too much comfort in that because I actually think it's been in the U.S. for quite a while, and there's even some chance that many of us have already had it. If you've had a flu, it's going to be hard to say if if that wasn't the coronavirus. I, I had something about a month and a half ago that was pretty nasty. Moved through our house. Uh, Three of us had it. One of us had very little symptoms. So, um, you know, this this could be one of those things that we just really are going to have a hard time tracking. But one of the things that we really have to work on right now is making sure that we prevent the overwhelm of our health system. They they have, you know, a limited supply of beds and ventilator equipment for people who are going to be struggling with this virus. So I, I'm sure you've heard all about flattening the curve, but it's a, it's an extremely important thing right now. Otherwise, you know, doctors and health systems are going to have to make decisions person to person as they come in. So uh, we get into this a little bit in this conversation. Uh, and we also kind of talk about some very practical things that you can do if you believe you've been exposed or if you know you have somebody who is just definitely has something symptomatic going on in, in your house. Um, and also, you know, just just some some simple tips for getting through this period as it relates to your health. So please enjoy my conversation here with Dr. Ernesto Gutierrez. Well, Dr. E, it's nice to have you on. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me. Yeah, how how are so what's the what's the scene in in Spain right now? I, I got to see your Facebook live this morning. Well, uh, it's it's strange. I mean, it, it has it has continued to the number of cases has continued to increase. Uh, there's more people being diagnosed. Uh, there's unfortunately uh, more 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 people deceased from um, from this condition. Uh, Got to remember over here in Europe, both in Italy and here in Spain, we have a very large elderly population. So um, they're obviously they're obviously being hit. Um, the health system was is not prepared. Just a couple of weeks ago, people here in Spain, we were we were hearing not even a week, a couple of weeks, like ten days ago, yeah. we were hearing about what was going on in 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 Italy. And uh, they were still not taking it seriously in the rest of Europe. Yeah. Um, Italian teams were still traveling for 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 soccer matches. Uh, Italian fans were still traveling to watch those matches. Yeah. Uh, large events were happening. People in Spain were like, "Yeah, we're a little bit concerned," but then you would see them packing bars at night, and you would see them in restaurants and everything. So it wasn't until Friday that it uh, Thursday, I think. Uh, and then Friday that it really got serious and 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 they just they just said, you know what, we got to stay indoors. And they, they declared a state of emergency on Saturday morning um, telling all people to stay. But but even then we saw a bunch of cases in Madrid happening and people in Madrid, when they were told that schools were going to be closing down and uh, public spaces and restaurants, they packed their cars and they drove down to the beach because they have the, the second home here or they went up to their to their smaller towns. Mm -hmm. Just they've been infecting everyone there. So 
um, it's it, it, it's been a very unfortunate series of events of people not taking it as seriously as they should. Yeah. And even government haven't been considering the seriousness of the whole thing in their communications. How, how is testing there? How, how easy is it to get tested? And what, what are they setting up for testing centers? Well, so the entire the entire healthcare system is is free here for every European uh, citizen. So it's it's not necessarily hard for them to get tested. The problem is that two things started happening. A bunch of people started coming up with symptoms, and they all wanted to get tested. Mm-hmm. And and obviously the system cannot handle that because we need to remember that there's so many other sick people that need to go to the hospital besides everyone that is getting uh coronavirus and we're we're closing in on 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 spring as i was saying yesterday on the podcast uh we're closing in on spring so we're also getting a lot of seasonal allergies we're getting people who are sneezing we're getting people who have you know uh respiratory symptoms especially if they're asthmatic so people start overreacting to this whole thing and they 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 were cramming the, the the emergency departments they were cramming the hospitals and um and and that was also a bit of a, a bit of a challenge around here uh, over the weekend how how well is is telemedicine in, embedded in the system there not at all okay yeah we're not very, at all. very limited here as well yeah that's that's a bit unfortunate uh partly because of regulations and partly because people are just used to whenever they feel sick, they just go to their healthcare center. They go to the hospital uh, because it's free, and um, and the entire healthcare is, is is free here. So people just literally show up um, whenever they 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 need to. Um, so there's there's really not a market for for telemedicine. And I think I think that one of the positives that we are going to see all over the world after this this COVID outbreak is that we are going to be seeing a lot more adoption for telemedicine, both amongst providers and patients. Yeah. I I have a good friend out in California in the U.S. who's been directing a a telemed program there for, I think, probably almost two years at this point. And primarily, they've been just using it for kind of endocrine system-related things, especially kind of thyroid and and diabetes-type things which is very easy to track and monitor. And then you can also, you know, have a video uh, version of what you see with them sometimes too, which can give doctors clues. But if, if it's a rural area, it's, it's way Northern uh, California in, in the mountain, mountain area. So it's been, it's been a great use of it. And it's really what he's been sort of passionate about for the last five years in his career. And so it's, it's nice to see he's, he's really going to start, I'm going to have him on the podcast here this week too. He's been, He's been really pushing into that and how to use it uh, during this time too. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it is it is super important because, as we were saying earlier, one of the most important things or one of the most difficult things to manage is when people start having symptoms and there's not enough um, adequate information out there. We're, we we have a two pronged problem here. One is there's a lack of of reliable clinical information and there's there's a lack of access to most doctors. And doctors cannot come out and start providing this information and cannot be caring for a lot of people in their offices because they're caring for a bunch of sick people in the hospitals right now. They're working double shifts. They're working back to back. Then they have to go home where their children uh, can't go to school. <laughs> so it's, it's it's really taxing the, the, the system. And it yeah. hasn't even exploded yet. I think I think the next 
five, seven days are going to see a, a dramatic increase of cases um, and, you know, stateside in America, in the U.S., in Canada, in Mexico, mm -hmm. Latin America, because they just haven't taken it seriously. They're still thinking, you know what? Yeah, it's serious. We need to stay home unless you feel like going out for a run, unless you feel like going out of the restaurant, unless mm -hmm. you feel like doing this. So it's like, well, are we staying home or are we not? I, I know that I'm, I'm getting ready to put out a podcast today. Um, about this just because I think there there are still a lot of people who aren't taking it seriously. And I think part of it is because they're just looking at numbers coming in right now. And, you know, here in, in Minneapolis in, in the U.S., uh, in, in the state of Minnesota, actually, if, if for, any, for any of your European listeners, if you don't know where Minnesota mm. is, it's where Prince and Bob Dylan are from, <laughs> for musical reference. <laughs> um, but, it's, but we only have 77 reported cases, but there's been a lot of problems with testing. Um, mm -hmm. A big shortage of test kits. I, I guess today they announced that they now have enough, you know, for you know, a thousand new new cases or something like that. It's just not yeah. enough. And so, you know, I heard I was just reading on Monday that you know people were going to these testing centers. They'd have to sit in their cars, and then someone would you know come out um, from from the hospital and, and do the test with them masked and, and gloved and everything. But one woman waited for five and a half hours and finally decided to leave. So wow. It's it's not great, you know. I mean, I think we're we're still at a point where, the the you know we we have to. Uh, you you said this on your uh, on your Facebook Live this morning, but that we we have to assume that we already have the virus, and I think yeah, that's I that, think that's the smartest thing to do. Yeah, I mean, to talk about that a little bit more, and and I also like what you had to say about what to do when somebody in your in your house has contracted the virus. Yeah, for sure. So that's so that's actually two. I mean, they're they're related. Um, the big problem that we're seeing and 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 before we go into that if you don't mind i i, I just want to address that whole thing about testing now the test takes a couple of days mm -hmm. and the numbers that we're seeing are based on confirmed diagnosed cases so people right. who have the symptoms who have gone to the hospital who have gotten tested and who have tested positive so that's that's a, a minority of it i was just looking at a graph yesterday of the cases reported at at certain stage of the outbreak in places like Korea, and it was much higher than in places like Italy. And they were comparing the number of cases diagnosed and the number of people um, who had been killed from this. Mm -hmm. And the number of people killed in Korea was lower than what it is at this time in Italy, but the number of people tested was three times as many. So obviously the numbers were a little bit more alarming just because people yeah. were getting tested so right. you were they right. were able to put it out there now here's here's where it goes into what i was saying this morning we all need to assume because this this virus has up to two weeks of incubation period and right. out of those 14 days you have been transmitting so if you have the virus it has replicated it takes about a day or two days to replicate and then you become contagious so for 10 days 10 to 12 days, you are contagious and you have no symptoms yeah. at all. Nothing, not a fever, not not coughing, not, not soreness, nothing. Energy is fine. So think about this. You're feeling fine. You're spreading the virus. You go to the gym. You're huffing and puffing. You're breathing everywhere. You're sweating. And then somebody else comes and uses the same bench despite you kind of like wiping it down. Mm -hmm. And then they touch their face because everyone there is huffing and puffing, right? So that's why it's very, very important before we have the symptoms to stop going out. And if we all assume that we have the virus, 
then it's it's going to make more sense because it's it's kind of like saying okay if i go out every single surface that i touch like people here in europe most of us we live in high rises and 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 you live in, in condos and things like that you mm -hmm. have to get on the elevator so even if you're going out what i was telling my wife even if we go out to the supermarket that is literally a block from here you get in the elevator you're pressing the button that a, yep. A hundred other people have been pressing, yeah. and you don't realize it because it's it's just second nature. You grab the doorknob and and you leave it there, and then somebody else in the house goes and grabs that doorknob, and it's it's crazy how easily it 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 transmits from one person to the other. That's why I got so enraged earlier this week when uh, a, a Republican person in, in in office goes out on Fox News and says. Oh, you know what? If if you don't have symptoms, now's a perfect time to go support your local businesses. Just, just get know, a table I in know. a local restaurant. And I'm thinking, what are, are you? What kind of an idiot are you um, to be telling people to do that? Because not not simply because you feel okay doesn't mean that you don't have the virus. And because the person next to you doesn't look like they're sick and they're not coughing and they're not puffing and huffing and difficulty breathing doesn't mean that they don't have the virus. Even right. the waiter can have it. The the people in the uh, kitchen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 I think that's that's one of the things right now. I think we, we also with with certain colds and viruses, we know sort of at what point during incubation we're most contagious. Mm -hmm. But there's just so little understanding of this virus at this point. So we we have to assume at this point that anywhere in that fourteen days we we might be spreading the the virus, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think I think that's the smartest thing to do, not just for ourselves, but for our community. And 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 the way that I tell people is like, listen, if you're young and you're 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 fairly healthy, let's say, you know, you're in your 30s and your 40s, you've been healthy, or you know, if you've got children, you're fine. But think about your parents. That's what I tell my friends. And I say, listen, just think about your parents. Would you want to expose them? They're in their late 60s. They're in their 70s. Uh, people like that. We have a very large population in the U.S. who are overweight, who are obese, who have autoimmune disorders, who have cancer, who have, you know, immuno, who are immunocompromised. Yeah. So every time that you decide you feel okay and you want to go out, you're putting all these people at risk because you're becoming a vector and you're transmitting the disease. So, uh, you know... I think the most responsible thing, it's, it's plus it's not too bad. I mean, it's 2020. They're, they're asking you to stay at home and you've got Netflix <laughs> yeah. and the internet. Exactly. <laughs> and and what, what you said, I think is really important because I think what a lot of people don't realize is how many conditions actually make you immunocompromised. I mean, America in particular has a serious problem with obesity and everyone who's, who's obese, we know right now is immunocompromised. And, and the numbers that are starting to come in right now in the U.S., I was just reading an article this morning from New York Times that um, so far of, of the tracking that's being done, and again, this, these numbers are still small, but for, they're saying 40% of people who are coming into to the hospitals with, with more complicated conditions are between the ages of 24 and 40. So that's, it's, yeah, that's a much, it's a much younger group of people who are actually have, being compromised in this situation and again, we, you know, we're not getting all the details of who these people are, but my guess is they do have some something pre, pre-existing. But the fact that they're that you know those that that age group is being hit, at, but they're they're just not um, having problems. With, there's not a mortality issue with that group as there is, you know, with with the older generation. 
Exactly. And we and another another very important point here, and, and this is something that I keep hearing, especially from, from family members, from, from relatives back in Mexico, where, where the numbers are, are even lower than what they're currently being reported in the US because testing there is even worse, is that, well, you know what, even if we get it, I, I know people who've gotten it and they're just at home and they're a little bit uncomfortable, but they're fine. And, you know, I, I heard about Tom Hanks in the hospital in, in Australia and he's recovered and now he's at home. So it's it's not such a big deal. It's just a cold. And, and the problem with that thinking is basically saying, you know what, I don't care because it's not going to affect me. And while that might be true and you might develop immunity, what we're trying to avoid and what I keep telling people is this. Let's be conservative and assume that only 1% of people who have the coronavirus disease will need hospitalization. And that's a conservative estimate. It's, right. it's closer to 3%. But, but let's just assume it's 1%. And then let's assume that 70%, if we continue at this rate, 70% of the population in the U.S. will end up getting it. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, a country of 350 people, 70%, and I don't know the exact math, but let's, let's just assume it's 280 80 million people right. that will have it. And you grab 1% of that, that's over a quarter of a million people that are going to need hospitalization in the next 10 days. Yeah. The system is not prepared for that. Right. And, that, and there's, that's, there's and, not enough beds. And, and that is the reason for, and that this just, just helps to really give the visual to the, the flattening of the curve is that we're just trying to, everybody is going to get this. Some people are going to be more or less compromised, but the, the fewer number of people at one time that need to go into the health system is what's going to keep things from getting out of hand because some of the stories I was reading in Italy where they were out of beds, they were they were in short supply of staff, and yeah. suddenly they were getting people in with like some seriously complicated issues, you know, not just shortness of breathing, but unable to to oxygenate, and there would there was not equipment enough for everybody, and the doctors are having to start make decisions about who gets equipment and who doesn't. Exactly, exactly. They've been triaging uh, in Italy for the last almost 10 days and here in Spain since since this weekend yeah. they've actually been triaging care at the hospital so if you if you show up uh, let's say you're 65 you're 70 you have other comorbidities and you show up and they determine that your rate your your chance of survival isn't very high they're probably going to send you home yeah. and that's that's the point where we're at right now because we also have to remember like we were saying at the beginning is that the entire hospital system cannot suddenly tell everyone who has cancer, who has heart disease, who's in a coma, who has a traumatic brain injury, can cannot just say like, "Listen, guys, we are going to need these beds, so uh, let's go home because we're going to we're going to be needing it for for COVID people who just decided to not not stay home." Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's crazy. I mean, the system is already at over seventy five percent capacity at any given time. And, and 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 now we're thinking of a quarter of a million beds that are going to be needed in the next 10 days. You're right. And and what what city in, in Spain are you in? I'm down south in Alicante. Okay. We're about four hours. We're about a four hour drive from uh, from Madrid. Okay. And so so what's the what, what's the situation there in terms of in terms of medical care and and compared to numbers that you that you're already seeing? Uh, in, in, in what regards? Just in terms of what, what, what percentage of the population are we now seeing um, that have COVID or what's, is, is, there, is it becoming clear that some of the health systems closer to where you are, which is I'm, I'm guessing a little further since it's outside of the city, this, the systems probably aren't quite as, as large. Are, are, are there any problems there yet? 
Well, you'd actually be surprised. Uh, I, I've, I've been surprised with the with the size and and with the amount of of healthcare uh, staff and 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 you know the complexity of the healthcare system down here. Um, there, you know, there's there's rather large hospitals pretty much all, all over the place in Spain. Spain does a lot of clinical research and, okay. and, and they do uh, a lot of care. Like a lot of people in the European community, they come to Spain for healthcare. Um, so, so, so that hasn't necessarily been the problem. The problem is that all over the all over the country, two things: one, people were showing up just to get tested when they had a fever, and and they were being told to just stay home. Um, so that that put the first burden over the weekend. Now what we're seeing is that there's not enough beds for hospitalization. People have finally understood it. Like, okay, so the first step is you know stay at home take it easy if i get respiratory distress if i'm at risk if i'm doing all these you know all, any of these criteria then i go then i go to the hospital um and 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 what we're seeing is that not everyone has um they're not being able to 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 house everyone that is that is coming in like i said at the beginning we have a very very um, large elderly population here in Spain, so so that alone is a problem. The streets have been closed. I live right here on the on, on one of the main streets in, in in downtown Alicante, and and the only thing you hear from time to time is is uh, an ambulance driving by, and you see the police also driving up and down, telling people to go back home. Um, there's not a lot of people walking out the streets. You can go to the supermarket. You can go to do a couple of of, of things. People are some of them are still working. Um, and you know, in an office, but restaurants, bars, uh, shops, all of those things are are, are closed. So how, how so long ago did, did how long ago did schools close? So schools in Madrid closed since last week. Okay. Uh, about so they've been closed for about ten days. Uh, in the rest of the communities here, you know, it's kind of like in the, the in the states that you have every state has their own uh, yeah. legislation. Same thing here with the different communities. So in 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 the rest of the communities, it took them a little bit longer until Friday when when it was made when the announcement was national. Like, listen, we're stopping it. We're shutting down yeah. restaurants, bars, uh, you know, schools, daycares, uh, all those things. Yeah, I think Wednesday last week the the nba and uh, most of the major sports organizations all the colleges shut down all the all the you know the, the sporting events and it took uh, you know through the weekend a, a lot of you know actually i think maybe end of last week a lot of colleges started to send students home until spring break that was coming up in early next month as a sort of first measure and then and and to do online learning and then this you know i think over the over the weekend i guess it was sunday uh, when when we got the the news here in our state, but it seems like just about everybody around the state around the around the U.S. has been pretty much following suit. So I think we we they they were offering classes on Monday, which I I thought you know, after I know they they're trying to make you know trying to help people who really need to find childcare and and get their situation sorted out. But I you know yeah. my my kids I could I could you know especially my I have, I have a teenager and he was. You know, he he really wanted to go in for that for that last day and see his friends one more time. But we had kind of already been family quarantined for the the weekend, and, yeah, and we exactly. had taken fr I think Friday off as well. So, you know, I I just felt like you know, especially with that fourteen days, we, we've already we've already made a little progress in not putting ourselves out there. It's it's silly to kind of re-enter again on Monday just for a day and take any yeah, chances. Yeah, and, and I I was having that conversation with uh, with my wife. Um, 
you know, there's there, there's two things to consider here. One, obviously, you want to stay safe. Um, you know, not because the virus is not going to kill you. You're just going to go out there and, and, and get it, right? right? So you want to stay safe. My wife is pregnant. Uh, she's five and a half, almost six months pregnant. Congrats. We've got a two-year-old at home. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we've got a we've got a two year old here at home as well. Um, so it's like, listen, we don't we don't need to get it. So let's let's just stay home. That's number one. But number two, if we if we do what I was saying at the beginning, we assume that we have it. Let's not go and spread it. I've I've got neighbors right here in the same building who are in their nineties. I don't. I don't want to be exposing them. Right. I don't want to be doing all. You know, uh, being irresponsible in, in, in those regards. So, uh, as, as I was saying in one of the videos recently, it's like, thankfully, we have a lot of very caring health professionals who are currently practicing, and and who are in the front lines and who are risking their health and their well-being to care for all these people who are getting all these uh, all these conditions right now. Our job for the rest of us is to just stay home. That's it. Yep. Let's go back to that the the, the question that, that I had from and, and that you were getting from a lot of listeners uh, on Facebook Live, which is what do you do when someone in your home has contracted the virus yeah. and, and are showing symptoms? Yeah. Uh, so so that's actually something that, that that's a question that came in um, last night. I saw it this morning when I woke up and it's somebody in Mexico who said, you know what, uh, my my son and my wife. They don't have symptoms yet, but they have been in contact with someone okay. who just tested positive um, and who already has symptoms. So, so what should we do? And that's exactly what I recommended. I said, listen, well, you need, you need to assume that if they were in contact with this person five or six days ago and you have been in contact with them, then you need to assume that everyone in your house has it. Now, it doesn't mean that, well, because now everyone has it. We, we can just co-mingle and, and, and just share everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the recommendations that, that are being given out, uh, especially around here in Europe, is if you're living with somebody who, who has been in contact with somebody who has, who has been tested positive or who has tested positive or who has symptoms and, and your doctor has told you to stay home, the thing that you need to, to, to do is to do a little bit, to be a little bit more careful with, with the cleaning measures um, you know, sterilization and cleaning up uh, surfaces and all those things and, and isolation. So the recommended distance is at the very least three feet from other people. Mm -hmm. So that's one meter. I always, I always say both because yeah, yeah, you never gotcha. know listening. So, so you've got, you, you've got to stay at least three, three, three feet away. Um, if it's your spouse, if it's your partner, you should stop sharing beds for the time being if you're able to. Uh, you should stop sharing uh, bathrooms. So if, if a person has is suspected of, of having the disease or has symptoms or, or has tested positive, then that person should have his or her own bathroom. That person should have his or her own sheets and bedding and towels and, and all those things, and they should be washed separately. Um, same thing with eating utensils. Um, and very similar to the care that you would have when somebody at your home has hepatitis. Now, the difference here is that it doesn't just transmit like hepatitis um, from surfaces and stuff that you touch. It also transmits from breathing. Right. So you need to be careful wearing a mask at home, uh, making sure that any surfaces that, that you're in contact with, let's say that you're working at a table 
and and like we're doing right now i'm talking into a microphone and the microphone is set on the table so if i suspect that i have been in 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 contact with somebody with the virus i need to make sure to to properly disinfect this table as soon as i'm done with it yeah uh, not just because i don't see any any spit marks or anything like that i need to disinfect the surfaces disinfect keyboard mouse tv uh ipad mobile devices anything and everything especially that devices that, that might be shared oh yeah for sure for sure especially like if you have kids like our, our toddler right now like i say every time he sees us and he sees a mobile device he wants to grab it so yeah. um if, if i've been talking to my mom if i've been talking to somebody on the phone and i just put it down and i forget about it and then the baby comes and takes it even if i am three feet away from him at any given time I, I, I just very well passed the virus right there. You had your mouth up so on it and hands all over it. Right. Exactly. And, and if, and, yeah, we, and, and, and there was, there was another thing that I, 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 I like that you said this, this uh, on, on face on, on Facebook today, that because I, I read an article about this um, that we don't know right now if taking ibuprofen or anti-inflammatories is, is a good idea with this virus. And do, do, yeah. do, do you have any, I mean, it, it sounded like, because because of the inability to, to there's there's an in, inflammatory response that might be positive during this virus that we don't want to kill right for exactly for breathing exactly so so at the very beginning what they started saying is like especially here in Europe what we started hearing is if you start having the symptoms and you just have a little bit of fever you have a little bit of of, of body aches just stay home and and take some ibuprofen uh, take some Tylenol because let's think about it. When there were not enough tests, and these tests are still taking four, five, six days to come out, uh, the results. Let's say you had these symptoms, you went into the hospital, you got tested. Let's say you were lucky and you got tested. They're not going to know for sure for five days. And what were they going to do? They were going to send you home and tell you to just take symptomatic treatment, which is basically just just make sure you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, take take an anti and manage manage the fever. Exactly, manage the fever. So what what they started seeing is that a lot of people who were taking uh, these measures, they seem to have a much longer, uh, a much longer fight with the symptoms, uh-huh. and and the viral load took a lot longer to decrease than what they were seeing in China. And and part of the thing that 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 they started hypothesizing was exactly that. And as a matter of fact, I just saw an article this morning saying that the official recommendation from the CDC and from the World Health Organization is to not take anti-inflammatories until you have spoken to your doctor and and that's actually that's actually something something that I do want to emphasize and thank you for asking it because on my live on Monday I said if you don't have any important symptoms of respiratory distress if you don't have an uh, you know another uh, comorbidity that might put you at higher risk and you just have a little bit of a fever just taking over the counter anti-inflammatory and, and, and it's funny that three days later that has completely been changed and based on the evidence. So, so it's a good thing that I have the opportunity to say it again. Right now, you should not self-medicate until you have spoken to your doctor or, or qualified health professional who can direct you. And, and that's even over-the-counter uh, medicines too. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. So no over-the-counter. Because what's the most common over-the-counter? It's, it's an anti-inflammatory drug. And, and if we're compromising our, 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 our body's ability to produce inflammation, we tend to think of inflammation as a bad thing. But right. the reason our body produces it is because it helps it to fight and repair. So, so if, we, if we impair our body's ability to create inflammation, 
uh, we're seeing that it it might and and we don't know the exact mechanism everything that that has been published right now is is just based on observations um but but that is the recommendation we're assuming that that it does help it does prevent uh, our body from from fighting these um this this viral load yeah and 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 one other thing i think that that would be you know besides you know the, the, the basic self uh, cleaning things that you can do in your home for this situation, you, you had also recommended just opening up your windows because this is an, an airborne uh, agent. We can we can kind of mm-hmm. move some of that stuff. Right. Just by just by, you know, opening up our windows for periods of time during the day and yeah, getting ourselves sure. outside, too. Yeah, there, there, there are two things. There are two things. And, and, and these I learned uh, when I when I when I lived in Cancun. And uh, you know everyone there survives on an air conditioner, so it's not it's not uncommon for houses to 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 never open up their the, the windows, right? Right, because you'll always have the AC. And and the people who came in and and these were the guys who were giving maintenance to our our air conditioner system in in the lab. So that's a very high end HEPA filter ISO seven lab. And and they said that every time at home you do need to at least every other day. To, Turn off your air conditioner and just open up the windows and let some fresh air run by, um, just to clean up and sanitize and and natural sunlight because those two things alone they act as 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 they they will help you kill germs. So if people have the ability to go outdoors still, and and I want to emphasize if you have a garden, if you have a patio, if you have a driveway where you can just literally open the door and go outside and stand out in the sun. Sunlight is also very beneficial right. um, in, in, in these kind of conditions. So get some, some proper sunlight. If you don't have that, but you have a red light therapy, a red light device like the Juve and like any of these other commercial red light devices, it's very important for us to use it right now because if we normally don't get enough sunlight, now that we're being asked to stay indoors and if you're following those directions, you're going to be like literally bathed in artificial light 24-7. So right. that also is not very good for immune system. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to do this, and I and I'd like to stay connected through this this time period because I feel like, you know, we we've been the beneficiaries in the U.S. of seeing what's going on in Europe. It's going to continue to change, but I also think that there's more going on in the U.S. than than we realize at this point. So, as this progresses, it'd be nice to do some some check ins and make sure we're getting the the, the same information. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure, and it's it's quite unfortunate because as you're saying that here in Europe. We got that from, you know, it, it, it happened in China and we didn't pay attention. Then it started happening in Iran and Korea uh, and, and closer and closer. And then it happened in Italy. And it was crazy because it started happening in Italy and the rest of Europe were not paying attention. And now you're seeing the cases in Spain. You're seeing the cases in France. You're seeing the cases in Germany. They grow and they grow. And and unfortunately, I'm not I mean, I, I, I see some action being taken in, in, in the U.S., and it's great that it's been it's been emphasized at a, at a national level. And the NBA has always been the most progressive one. There were the smartest ones. They actually called the league off yeah. before the soccer league here in Europe. Is that was right? Crazy. Um, and, and but you're seeing, for instance, the soccer league in Mexico. They're still playing. They just say, "Oh yeah, we're just going to shut down the stadiums." Like, what? What can soccer players not get it? Right. Yeah. They're still going to go train. They're still going to go sweat and 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 
bump into each other um, during the matches. So it's crazy that that they're still allowing this just because they there's other interests. So um, yeah, for sure, I'll be I'll be happy to check in with you, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to flatten the curve and we won't overtax our already overtaxed health systems all over the world. And and when 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 we spoke about a month ago, we. We talked about actually doing a totally different podcast together. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. at some point, I'm hoping to to get into some of the stem cell research and everything else that you've been doing, which which I, I've been kind of curious about and been reading about for the last five years as well. So, yeah, for sure, for sure, happy to weigh in on that one as well. All right, great. Thanks, Doctor E. Talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Dr. E, folks, feels good to have some real-life conversation right now with someone on the ground in Europe. I'm very thankful to have the connection with him and to know that we're not doing this alone. And I'm going to be having more guests like this through the upcoming week, so don't forget to subscribe to get alerts on new podcasts coming your way. And it's my goal to give you as much up-to-date information as possible as we go through this transition. So if, if you are, know someone or are someone who I should be having a conversation with right now, please reach out to me at jeremy at highwoodhealthpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and for all that you do. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and take care of your planet. Be well, my friends. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.